bunch of slack-jawed faggots around here. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Just like me. Trying to flush the predator to someone is not a very fucking smart idea. It's not a deer. You son of a bitch. Come on, honey, stop sandbagging it. One ugly motherfucker. He was on DuckTales. Woo-hoo. I ain't got time to breathe. I sent you a text going, this movie's so fucking good. Welcome to Worth the Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Palola. With me, as always, Mike Kennedy. Hello, Mike. Eddie, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the best line. <laughs> I'm already going to say it. <laughs> this week's movie, Predator. I uh, just passed uh, another anniversary. It was released on June 12th, 1987. Had a budget of only $15 million. The gross in the United States, $59 million. Worldwide, $98 million. The film had the second biggest opening weekend of 1987 behind Beverly Hills Cop. And it only pulled in $12 million opening weekend. I I don't know, Mike. I I looked at that at first and I thought, oh, it had a horrible release. What do you think? Um, It's kind of hard to tell really from like, yeah, like I thought it was terrible, so I found out it the second biggest opening of any movie, but it only made twelve million dollars. But I guess, yeah, we got there's an inflation thing there that makes it tough. My thought is it probably sold as an Arnold action movie because mm-hmm. this was after Terminator, this was after Commando. Like it has an Arnold action feel to it, but it's like a thriller more than All an right. action. If you movie. if you want to hear my breakdown of what I think this type of this movie is ed this movie is a let me see where i actually wrote this down at right here it goes it's like a sci-fi mixed with an action mixed with a horror movie yeah that's a good way to put it which i actually brought i have a thought on that later we'll get to it when we actually get into the movie because i, I want to ask your, your your opinion on something let's move on then what would you guess the Rotten Tomato scores for this from the critics. 70. 80%. Huh. I thought it would not be that high. I, I was I was being generous. I, I probably thought it would be a little bit lower, but I was like, oh, you know, maybe it's a little bit higher. Yeah, I thought it was going to float around the 50 to 60 range. Where would you guess the audience put it? Uh, that's probably close to nine, like 89. 87%. And then the IMDb score of 7.8 out of 10, which is uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, those, for... are good. those are solid ratings. All right, so let's get into the cast of the movie. First, the infamous Arnold Schwarzenegger plays Dutch, Terminator, Commando, Kindergarten Cop, about 20 other movies. Next is Carl Weathers. He plays Dylan. He's most notably... Son of a bitch. Apollo Creed Yeah, from, from the Rocky series. Uh, he's in Happy Gilmore. He was Action mm-hmm. Jackson. He actually had a funny kind of couple season, a couple episode cameo on Arrested Development as himself. Next is Bill Duke. He played Mac. The only other thing he was really in is Commando. He's actually directed a bunch of like little things, but I am curious of something he's making about the boxer Joe Lewis. 
It's about the legendary fights between Joe Lewis and the German boxer um, Max Schmel- or Schmeling, if I could say that right. I don't know if it'll be any good. I just kind of caught my attention that he was making. He was essentially hired for this role because of Commando. That's, and rightfully so. Next is Jesse Ventura plays Blaine, but without an E. I know you just said the E, Mike. He's essentially, he was in the WWF for a long time. He was Jesse the Body Ventura, now the WWE. And then he went on to become governor of Minnesota. He was, And he was an actual Navy SEAL. Correct. That's what I was about to say. He was a Navy SEAL before becoming an I actor. I can't remember what they were actually called. They were called, I think they were like water, some sort of like water. It wasn't called really, I don't think it was really called a Navy SEAL back then, but it's essentially what it transformed into his, what his job was, was to go. Okay. But there, I was, like I said, I was watching the director's cut and, they're just like everybody else was like complaining about how you know hard it was, and he's just like, "Gosh, this is not bad." <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, we have some stuff later on how hard the production was for everybody. Essentially, everyone got the Mon- Montezuma's revenge. Uh, next is I have two other people I'm going to bring up. I'm not going to get into every character. One is Shane Black, who plays Hawkins. The only reason I really want to bring him up is because he's not a famous actor, but he is kind of a famous writer. Mm-hmm. He wrote for all four Lethal Weapon movies. He wrote for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is a very underrated movie that we are going to do at some point. And he wrote for The Nice Guys, which I know I never watched all of it, but I heard it was pretty good. But he also wrote the new The Predator movie. And you and I have talked about that one being a turd, so they can't all be winners. That one and is bad. <laughs> well, we're going to get into all the Predator movies when we get into the movie a little well, bit. Well, that, that's so. actually why they hired him for this part. They they hired him. They're like, you know, we're going to hire this guy as an actor, and then if we need any help with the writing part, we can just hook him up with the, you know, if he needs to fix something, he can fix something. It's kind of why they hired him. And I don't, yeah, I don't see him as a writing credit, so things went well enough then. The last people I want to talk about are... The producer of the movie is Joel Silver. And Joel Silver has produced a ton of stuff going back all the way to the first thing he produced was The Warriors in 1979, all the way through the Die Hard series, the Lethal Weapon series, the Matrix series, uh, a whole bunch of stuff. We thought about getting into his career. I think we're going to save him for another time because his career is very, very deep. And he's got a whole bunch of things. And then the director, John McTiernan, who we're going to get into a little bit later, this was his directorial debut. And as uh, you were talking about Shane Black, Shane Black was kind of, they brought him in kind of to babysit John a little bit, but ended up not, not really needing to. But the last person I want to talk about, his name is Kevin Peter Hall. He is the guy that actually plays the Predator. Yes. He is also the helicopter pilot at the end of the movie. Yes which I don't know how they got him in the helicopter. He is also Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. Yes. He is listed as between somewhere between seven foot two and seven foot four, depending on who's, who's uh, who you're asking. He was six foot five in 11th grade. He is actually a local kid for us. He is from Pittsburgh. He went to Penn Hills high school, but a crazy, he died in 1991 at the age of 35. He was in a major car accident in Los Angeles and got a blood transfusion. And this is before they really knew about testing for it. He died from AIDS a few months after that because of the blood transfusion he got. 
a crazy story. No, I know. It, that's completely, it's sad because I mean, young guy. And apparently, like when I said I was watching the extras, they had nothing but nice things to say about him. Like literally you know, like a big, big teddy bear type guy, like super nice. And while we're talking about him, you know, you could also talk about who they had, who's going to play Predator. Yeah. <laughs> which the height's just slightly different between these two. It's funny, if, if you read anything about this, Jean-Claude Van Damme, before Jean-Claude Van Damme was Van Damme, they, as someone referred to as he was fresh off the boat from Brussels, was the original actor to play the Predator. And they ended up firing him off of the set. If you look online, there is a YouTube video of him in the suit. He looks like... Did you Have you seen it yet, Mike? Any oh, of those YouTube oh, clips? I, 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 well, I think I said ago, I watched the... Director's cut. The director's cut. On, on top of everything, too, the suit that they had, it was they had like a couple of different modifications. Looked, whatever they, they, when they went back to the drawing board and redid this suit, they did an awesome job redoing it because whatever they were doing before this movie would have been terrible. Yeah, so there's a, there's a, I highly recommend it if you're looking for something to laugh at a little bit. Van Damme's in the full red suit. He looks like a red bug. And the the best thing I can describe it as, he looks like one of the things that the Power Rangers would have fought, like the, in that red suit. I know what you're talking and about. They, they, <laughs> yeah, if anybody's ever seen Power Rangers, the thing that they would fight, but they wouldn't actually fight. And he would have been much better for that. Constantly wanted to show off his martial arts skills and wanted to have his face shown because he wanted to be to, you know, he was trying to make it big. And essentially, they just fired him and hired the Kevin Peter Hall because he was a much bigger, more imposing figure. Well, I think that part of it, too, was I know Arnold like even said something like you, everybody in this film is like above six feet tall. And then you're going to have us fight something that's five, like nine. five foot six, I think he's <laughs> five, five foot nine, nine, something like that. But it's like still it's like, you know, you have all these guys that are like six foot plus big, pretty big. massive people, you know, other than Hawkins and Poncho, everybody's pretty freaking massive. Yeah, there, there's some fun stories about how they used to slowly, uh, everyone would try and get up in the morning before other people to work out, to try and show each other up. Carl Weathers tried to do it when no one was watching, so they all thought he was just naturally that big. And then Jesse Ventura would show up at 5 a.m., so Arnold would show up at 4.45, and eventually everyone ended up waking up at like 3 in the morning to work out, just to try and get bigger and buffer than everyone else, but... I have a couple other things on that. So anything else on the actors before we move on to the movie synopsis, Mike? I mean, we didn't talk about Billy, Sonny Landon, RIP. I didn't, I looked at his stuff. I didn't really recognize him from anything else. Uh, I've, I've seen him in a couple other things. Other than I heard he was like a complete nut job off yeah, set. They had, uh, they, they had to hire a bodyguard not to protect him, to protect other people from him. Yeah, he was like the... And like the he was he was his he was also in Forty Eight Hours and his name was like Billy Bear I think was his name in the, in the movie so it's kind of funny because he was Billy and this and Billy and that. So think about him. Uh, the studio's insurance company would not agree to insure the production unless a bodyguard was hired for Sonny for the sole purpose of protecting people from Sonny. The bodyguard followed Sonny everywhere to ensure he didn't get in a fight since he was well known to be violent and short tempered. Yeah, but he's also passed. Any particular reason? Uh, oh, he. I believe it was cancer, and it was something about, like, I know that something was happening with, like, his legs, and, like, he had to get, like, one leg. At, I believe it was, like, one leg 
amputated then shortly after had to get his other leg amputated so it wasn't fighting or anything crazy I, maybe it wasn't i'm trying to look it up now congestive heart failure that's a big time killer, but i remember so. that there's something with like his his legs i think i, I think he could have had circulation yeah, problems that might have helped lead to it alright well why don't you give us the synopsis of the movie Mike alright had fun with this one alright plot synopsis we have here is an elite force of commandos gets off a chopper are told their mission then they get back on a chopper and they repel down from the chopper into the jungle to find a crash with three dead green berets skinned alive. The good guys kill the bad guys, capture the only female alive. Oh, and an alien from another planet who has arrived earlier on his space kills all the good guys, except for Arnold and Anna. Arnold tells Anna to run! Go! Get to the chopper! Then Arnold does what Arnold does, finds a way to kill the alien, and then finally, Anna comes back with Arnold, and they take the chopper home. That's about it. That's the story right yeah. there. Well, before we move on to the next part, let's take a break with a word from our sponsor. I also wanted to mention um, who does the Predator's voice. Yeah, I, I read that, and I didn't quite recognize right, well, it. Well, Peter Cullen um, is the voice of Optimus Prime. Oh, the current Optimus Prime too, so, right? Yeah, he, yeah, because yeah, they brought back the same he, guy. He from definitely the, was from the, the, from the original. You know, he definitely was in the original. From, I know as well, like from like the night, like you know, the eighties cartoon. I'd have to actually really go back and. I'm yeah. looking right now. Yeah, he's Optimus Prime in the movies yeah. too. I thought he was too, but yeah, when he said, and even in the new Bumblebee he, movie. He was trying to think of the predator voice. He thought of a horseshoe crab upside down and the kind of sound that it would kind of make. Fun thing, he is also the voice of Eeyore and all the Winnie the Pooh stuff. So there you go. Talented guy, that's for sure. He's also one of the gummy bears. He's just (laughs) bouncing here and there and everywhere. And here and there, and that's what he's doing. He's bouncing from here and there and everywhere to all these different things. Yeah, he's done tons and tons and tons of voiceover stuff. He was on DuckTales. He was on G.I. Joe. The 80s were very good to him. That's for sure. Yeah, thanks for bringing him up. I forgot that he was the the voice. Let's get straight into the good stuff. What's your best scene or scene, Mike's? Oh, man, you know, these are always tough for me, especially in a movie like this where the whole movie is just – fantastic work of art to me it, i must say it's my favorite but it's definitely the most ridiculous is when they go they fight <laughs> the, the gorillas and arnold picks up the damn truck and he throws the bomb in the back i just love when blaine looks what he's doing he looks at you know blaine the most ridiculous person guy in the movie like, looks yeah. at him and goes, what the fuck <laughs> yeah just so much like so much overkill, and I love it in the camp. It's just so great. There's so I had the raid on the camp is is one of the two that I had because it is it's it's very over the top. I mean, very I mean the the fact that just the body has old painless you know, his Gatling gun is just so unnecessary, but I love it so much. Like it's so good. Like that he has it. You know. it yeah, it's a modified Gatling gun that he uses. It's the one that sits on the side of a helicopter. 
they had to modify it and actually slow it down because it goes so fast that you wouldn't be able to see it working. And then my next thing would probably be first time you really see Arnold and the Predator, like, go at it. One ugly motherfucker. Yeah. I just had the whole kind of final fight with the Predator. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that's just... Everything from him, like, building it all up all the way through up until the bomb goes off. Because that's kind of dumb, and I'm going to get into that later. I kind of lumped them, those two together. It's tough. Like, I, I mean, because, you know, if you're, if you're looking at some other stuff, too, just, like, when they first find Hopper's men, you know, when they find the, the, uh, find the guys that are skinned and, like, just hanging from yeah. the trees, it's just, like, you, if you've never seen the movie and you don't really know that much what's going on, you're kind of like, is this what people do? These gorillas are doing, are they, like, killing people? And then, like, is this kind of, like, hanging them up as a warning? You know, obviously, we know there's this movie called The Predator. We've seen the trailers, or we, I've seen the movie 150 times that I know what has happened. I kind of forgot. I've, I've seen the second half of this movie a lot of times, and the first half only a few times. So I forgot that Carl Weathers or Dylan had sent in a group of berets, and they were the ones that got scooped up by the predator the first time around. Yeah. I was cr- trying to remember, like, what is what is the connection with these bodies that they find? Because he acts like, I, I don't I don't know. You know, I wasn't told about there being anybody supposed to be here, but yeah, you can kind of read on his face that, like, he's probably not telling the truth a little bit. I mean, I guess I can now because also I've seen the movie a thousand times and I know the little shit's lying. Let's get into the best lines because there's a lot of them in this. Oh, I know. I mean, it starts and ends with, You son of a bitch. Right? Well, it starts, like, when they're getting off the plane, and he goes in there, and they're giving him this, and he's just like, yeah, because somebody told him that you were the best or something like that, and that's when he turns around. Yeah. And if you're wondering, Ed, right now I am wearing a tank top that has the, the hand. The shirt I got no, you? No, no, no. <laughs> I bought two of these shirts. You bought it? Okay. I couldn't remember if I bought it for you or if I sent it to you in. Essentially, demanded you and buy just it. The two hands together, and it just says Dylan on the shirt. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it just says Dylan, and then I, and then just so you, so I can wear it in public. I wanted to get you of a bitch yeah. on it, but I was just like, but then I can't wear this around. But if people know the movie; they will know that this is what I'm wearing. It, it'd be a good gym shirt if it said "you son of a bitch" on it. But yeah, you can't wear that down to pick up a deli sandwich. I mean, I, I can't just. Anybody that's seen it will think it's awesome. Anybody that hasn't will be like, I don't get it. And I don't know if they matter, Mike. I really don't know if they no, matter. If they don't know, if they don't get it, they don't get me. It's on them. All right. They don't get, yeah, they you. Don't get yeah. me. But yeah, I, Dylan. You son of a bitch. That's a great one. Obviously, I just said, you know. One ugly motherfucker. That's a great yeah. one. Um, Blaine says. He's like, hey, man, you're, you're... You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. One of my yep. favorite ones. Obviously, you're going to yell, Run! Go! Get to the chopper! And also, I want to know, when when did that become, like, a catch line, though? Like, I, that wasn't a catch line right away. So that wasn't, like, you know, Asa La Vista, baby, and then it immediately was Asa La Vista, baby, or I'll be back. Like, those were immediate pickup lines. Like, you know, pickup lines, but catch lines immediately, like, I feel like <laughs> ten. I feel like ten lines after this. I mean, don't get me wrong. Also, Livisa, baby, and I'll be back. Probably totally could be used as pickup lines too. <laughs> uh, get to the choppers a pickup line too, Mike. I don't know what you're what you're getting at. 
But yeah, I mean, like, I feel like 10 years, probably maybe 10 years after this movie came out, maybe people started. I don't really remember exactly whenever I started saying get to the Chapo, but. I think um, as this movie kind of moved away from being like this dramatic thriller and all these people dying and stuff, and you you have people that have seen it over and over and over again, and you can kind of feel some of the ridiculous, especially some of the things he says when they're raiding the camp. Like when he throws the knife across and hits the guy and kills him and puts him against the board, and he says, stick around. Mm-hmm. Or when he kicks in the door and says, knock, yep. knock. Like those were vintage 80s cheesy action movie lines. Yes. And when it went away from being like this, oh shit, who's going to die next to, oh, this is an Arnold action movie and kind of shifted, like we were talking about beginning, it was probably picked as an action movie or campaigned as an action movie and then became this more of like a thriller for, you know, a good huge chunk in the middle of this movie. And it came and shifted back to being more considered as an Arnold action movie. I think some of those lines started to come out. And Arnold's Austrian accent yelling, Run, get to the Chapa, became more of a joke. I think that's kind of where it came. So it probably took about five to ten years. Yeah, that was just like, I was like, man, I was like, you know, it's, it wasn't one of those immediate things that that popped out. I did have that stick around and knocked out on my best lines as well. Yeah. I also had the blame, uh, what, what the. I read that. Uh, <laughs> well, um, uh, Arnold Infernot. Improvised the stick around yeah, line. I actually have that in parentheses by my stick around as well. Uh, and then we have to have Blaine in the helicopter, right? Oh yeah, I was going to say that. I just said was that when I said when I saw him say, "What the fuck?" Like I don't know why. Like I was like I just started like laughing so hard because it was the one part of that entire movie that I did not remember. And it just caught me so off guard this time that I was just like, I completely forgot that line was there. Like, I remember every other line, but that's the one line that I didn't get. Um, but yeah, but, I guess but, it just, yeah, uh, I'll, you know, I'll skip it. the first part of Blaine's line in the helicopter. Bunch of slap-jawed faggots around here. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Just like me. Like, yes. so, just so, <laughs> so good. It's, so, it's, it's just, I'm so good. The, the first, you know, the first part, like I, I guess I didn't really think about it as much, but when you hear it now, it's like you kind of cringe a little bit when, you, when they say that first part. You're kind of like, oh, like <laughs> I forgot that Ooh, part was well, in it. Like that little, that little. Yeah, when you're, look, when you're, when you're you watching because this movie was like a uh, cable special, so like it's on yeah, cable so all the time. So you never heard. It probably yeah, got you never heard out, that yeah. line. You never heard that beginning part. So it's like you didn't really know until you start watching it. Like if you see it, like even now you wouldn't you wouldn't hear it ever. Until you're actually watching the movie, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that that's what he actually says there." Well, two of the people that were, I want to say, handpicked for this movie, either by Arnold Schwarzenegger or by the directors and producers, and that were they were offered it and it went to them, were Jesse Ventura and Carl Weathers, and I don't know if they could have been picked any better, to be honest. Like they both were just so perfectly cast for this, and I think that's part of what makes and, this movie so good is how good. Mac, well, uh, Mac was the other one. I'm sorry, so there were really three of them, but Mac, uh, Bill Duke, Jesse Ventura, Carl Weathers, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, those four make this movie so incredibly good. No, no I was just saying, I go, when you think about it, like, Blaine, uh, Jesse Ventura, he's not really even in the movie a ton. No, like, he's not. He gets killed off pretty, 40 minutes yeah, in. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, just like, you just, I felt like, you know, you just kind of forget, like, I, it, 
don't remember the exact last time I watched this movie, but I I know that I watched this movie at least twice a year. Sure. Probably. It's just like if I'm passing it, you know, like, and it's randomly on Netflix or anything, I'm going to stop and put it on, especially if I just want something to watch that I know that I can get up and walk away. But, th- but if I get up and walk away and I miss something I want to see, I-, I will go back and I will rewind. You know, like it's, I'm, I'm watching what I want to see. <laughs> For me, it's a, it's on cable. I'll see what part it's on and then I'll decide if I'm going to watch it. Like if it's towards the middle where it's kind of slow for a little bit, I'll probably skip it. But if I know it's uh, some people are about to start getting killed, Billy's about to get killed and Carl Weathers and Mac are about to get killed and uh, Arnold's final scenes coming up, I'll probably stick around for a little bit. But if it's like in the middle where everyone's just shitting themselves and you're going to lose Poncho and Hawkins, I'm like, eh, I can skip that part for now. Do you have any more quotes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got some quotes here. Um, I also liked the Sue so cooked up a story and dropped the six of us in a meat grinder. Yep, that was a good one. I, for, I forgot That's about that a good that one. one. If it bleeds, we can kill it. And then the yep. last one, is, I, it's another one that I just kind of forgot about. That whenever Carl Weathers is making Anna walk and she like falls around and he goes, come on, honey, stop sandbagging it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just started like laughing. I was like, well, because it's funny because when I was younger, it's like, I didn't think, but we say sandbagging it all the time. Yeah, yeah and I don't, uh, I, I don't remember I that did, line. I, I, have, I, I didn't remember it either until I saw it, and I, like I said, I was sitting there watching it, and I was just writing stuff down every single time. I was like, that's a good one. I'm writing that down. But that's all I got, all the lines I have. All right, so who's your favorite character or characters, Mike? This is a tough one. You know, another tough one. Like, I, I really like Blaine's character in the whole thing. I think he's awesome. I, I really like Billy's character. I think he does an awesome job. I like his, he's the tracker. He kind of knows something up is up. There's, there's something more going on than everybody else is really, you know, at the beginning, everybody thinks that a couple guys doing this stuff. And then he, but he knows he's like, there's something else going on here. And Mac is awesome the whole way through it. Really like Bill Duke's character in it. And he's just like, obviously, Arnold is awesome in it, too. I'm just like, it was really tough for me to pick a a, uh, a character. I'd probably, probably, if I had to pick between them, shit, you know, I'd probably would say Billy or Mac, just because Blaine's not in it as much. So, it's a, it's a very interesting observation, Mike. And as you as you started talking, to me, it was easy. I was like, oh, it's Blaine. As you started talking about that, I, I think it matters how you are watching this movie if you're watching it kind of comedically and ironically to watch it's mm-hmm. Blaine. but if you're watching it you're kind of into it it's arnold or mac or billy because you're you're really into the story and you're really into the plot then i i definitely see that way but if you're just watching it for some laughs and some giggles and some one-liners and some blood then it's Blaine. like when like when mac yell, yells at uh Dylan, he's like, you ghosting us, motherfucker, or something like that, and he's like, I'll, I'll kill you, I'll make you bleed, kill you right here, you know. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> real quiet, yeah. Like, real quiet, you know, something like that. That, whenever, that, when he's just like, whenever the Predator has killed a bunch of people, and he's going to chase them down, and yeah, he's like, hidden, and Dylan goes after him, and he's like, over here, over here, like that. Yeah. <laughs> I got, like, that's just like, it's, if, you, if you're watching it, like, a horror film like that that i could see like if you were like by yourself never seen the movie before like being a little bit scared about like that could freak you out a little bit yeah 
yeah, it's it is it 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 has a very horror film thriller feel to but, it. That's what sure. I'm saying. It's like you have the sci-fi with the alien and everything like that. You have the action. I go, but you have that. Like it's kind of like a slasher film for for a part of the film. You know. Yeah, yeah, it does have that feel to it for sure. Kind of like a mixture of Commando or Rambo or something like that. Aliens, and then what's a slasher film like Halloween or something? Halloween or Jason? Yeah, type? like Jason. Yeah. Or was I guess Friday the Thirteenth? Yeah. Not Jason, but our top five this week is John McTiernan directorial movies. He only has directed eleven movies. Now, I, I we did this last time with. Master of the Universe, and I wanted to try this again this time around. I'm going to give you six movies, Mike. You can drop one and then rearrange the other five. How's that sound? Okay. Before I start, though, why don't you tell us a little bit about John McTiernan? Because there's an interesting story about why he hasn't directed a movie since 2003. Um, yeah. Uh, he, ple- he pleaded guilty to perjury and lying to the to an FBI investigator in regards to his hiring of a private investigator in uh, late 2000 to uh, legally wiretap the phones of two different people, uh, one of whom he co-produced the science fiction action film remake Rollerball in 2002. And then it took a while for it to go through, but he was incarcerated in federal prison from April 2013 to February 2014 and then when he got out he got out like a little bit early and he, he said he was on like house arrest or, or probation or something like that for the rest of his time so he may have not been in trouble till the late 2000 era well, like there, there was like I remember it like took a long time like years and years and years for everything to like actually happen and go through no it usually does take quite a while for the to build a case and then for actually to go through it so well I did not include rollerball on my top Appreciate Six. that because uh, yeah, I've never seen it. I have no desire to. I have, and it's not, I, not, not good. Not, it's got a who's who's the guy from American Pie, who's who's like singing and the singer guy. Yeah, um, I can't remember his name at all. He's also in uh, We Were Soldiers and gets killed in that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm yeah, and luckily gets killed in that. It's not Kevin Klein, but it sounds close to that. I always forget. I always get those names mixed yeah, up. Yeah, I, I don't really remember. So, uh, obviously, it doesn't really matter. Okay, so I have an easy five out of this, but I threw the other one in there because I was curious where you would put. So, drop one and give me the top Chris five. Klein, Chris Klein, FYI. Chris Klein, thank you. See, I knew I was close. Okay, so Die Hard, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Hunt for Red October, Predator, the Thomas Crown Affair from 1999 with Pierce Brosnan, not the original. Okay. And Last Action Hero. I will drop Last Action Hero. <laughs> okay, good. That's where I was thinking, too. So give me a top five out of the um, ones, then. It's tough. Predator. That, pre- Go, start, start, start at five okay. and work uh, back. I think it's easier to do that. Uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to go with more of the ones that I watch the most, enjoy to watch the most. I don't know if that, it's been a while. It's That's been, fine. It's, it's been, just whichever ones you like, man. I've seen Thomas Crown Affair. I know I liked it. Um, it's been a while. I, that, that, that's it's, fun. I'm, like I said, just because it's at the bottom doesn't mean it's not a good movie. Probably. These, these are five. I'll say this. These are five really yeah, good movies. I probably put Thomas Crown Affair, five, Hunt for Red October, four, Die Hard with a Vengeance, three, 
Die Hard 2, Predator 1. But Predator and Die Hard could really go back and forth. I'd say I'd probably put Die Hard 1. As much as I like Predator, I fucking love Die Hard of the Vengeance. I loved that movie growing up. That was the one I saw 25, 30 times. And we are going to be doing both Die Hard and Die Hard of the Vengeance at some point. In fact, we'll probably be doing all five of these movies at some point. Because I like that Thomas Crown. Oh, no, it's, it's good. Yeah. I like it a lot. And it's good, and it's Pierce Brosnan right in the middle of his Bond run. So he had a lot of, you know, mojo going on. Yeah, it's on. probably like his... Pardon his, the bad uh, his, pun his, there, but... Well, it's his peak, you know, right there for sure. It was his peak. We are going to do Goldeneye in the relatively near future, probably next year, which to me is the best Bond. And then I read this thing that said, uh, if you ask someone who their favorite, who the best James Bond is, it's whoever it is when they were 12 years old. And Pierce Brosnan was Bond when we were 12 years old. So it's 100% right. Because Goldeneye was 95. You said that who their favorite Bond is. I don't, Pierce, Pierce Brosnan yeah. not my favorite James Bond. Really? Who's your favorite James Bond? Probably Daniel Craig. Because there's a movie. The movie really? The way better than those other ones. Like, like he's so Gold, fucking Gold, Goldeneye was good, but all those other ones were freaking terrible. They got progressively they got, like, worse. They were so bad. Die Another Day was really bad. Some of them are just, they're they're just so. Well, Goldeneye is my favorite Bond movie out of all of them, and I think I've tried watching a couple of the Pierce of uh, Sean Connery ones, and they are just essentially full on rape. It's just, it's just that's, movies like action movies that long ago are kind of hard to watch. Yeah, they are. They're really hard to watch. Well, we'll get into that later. That's a, that's a, that, when we do Goldeneye, we'll break down Bond, and we can get into Daniel Craig versus Pierce Brosnan. And that that's a valid point that the other Pierce Brosnan ones got worse and worse and worse over time. Thoughts on the movie? A couple things about this movie before we get into going through the scenes. The original concept for the film was a joke. Someone said that the only person Rocky Balboa had yet to fight was E.T. So they wanted to have Rocky versus an alien. Uh, Another thing is supposedly the kill count for the movie is 69 humans, most of them by Dutch, a scorpion, uh, a boar, and one predator. Let's go through some of the things about the movie. First question I have, Mike. Where is this supposed to be? Central or South America? It's in the Valverde jungle. Let's see if that's a real place. They actually Probably they not. actually shot it in... Outside Cancun almost, right? It's, and I know that some of the things they had to do is they had to, like, water. They were, like, spraying all the trees and ground with water because it was dry. So when everything looked very green and lush, they had to add plants and like vines and more stuff to where they were shooting so that it looked like more and more and more of an authentic jungle, which I think they did an awesome job because I didn't know until I watched, like I said, watching the director's cut is the reason why I knew that. All right. So some interesting things about Valverde. Valverde is a fictional uh, thing, fictional country made up by Hollywood that is first used in 1985's movie Commando. It means Green Valley. It was used in Commando and Die Hard 2 because one of the guys was from Valverde. It's supposed to, it just says Latin America. So it doesn't even really say which one it is. Interesting. So not even sure. 
I can't even answer that question, which one it is. That's just a quick Wikipedia rundown. So I, I'm, I'm guess I'm right to be confused because at one point, Max says, if these guys are Central American, then he said, I'm a fucking Chinaman. So I thought it was they were Central American. Well, then later they kind of make a reference to South America, not Central America. But a lot of the Central American guerrilla warriors, like what is used in um, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B.A. That's the video game. Yeah, Contra. And the the whole Contra stuff that took place with the Reagan administration was in the middle of Central America not South America. So I was just kind of curious if they said one way or the other, but they never really do. But Valverde is its own country. So, okay, there we go. Knowing Uh, is half the battle. Knowing is half the battle. So you were talking about Billy. Is it a little bit ridiculous and racist that he's able to track people? Um, You'd, you'd want to say yes, but at the same time, like, in, wasn't that in like World War Two and stuff like that? They used to do that. So in World War Two, they didn't use them as trackers. What they had was the language spoken by, and I, I can't remember which group, uh, an Indian. Um, tr- I don't want to say tribe, but I guess that's right. An Indian tribe, Native American tribe, had a language that had never been written down, so they couldn't actually translate it. Japan and Germany had no way that even if they could intercept it, they couldn't understand what they were saying because there was no written transcript of it for them to go against. So they'd have someone that spoke that language, someone spoke that language in the other location, and they would talk to each other over that language. So it was their own way of coding it as it went. I don't know if they ever used them as trackers, though. I just know they used them. Those were the infamous wind talkers that were called because they spoke a language that was never never actually written down so... Even if it was intercepted, they would have nothing to go against. So that that's where that came from. But they, I don't think they ever used them to go out and track Japanese soldiers in Guadalcanal or anything. No, I know, but but like they, I know they hired them, you know, as guides and trackers, you know, out west and stuff. They were used as trackers. But I just kind of, I kind of laughed about them. Like Billy's a tracker. I have a, I have that and I I have something about that and I know it's a movie but okay we we can do that later I'll say this much I let a lot go because of what the movie is but out of all the people that get killed by the predator which one did you think was the best one of all the remakes no 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 of all the people that got killed by the predator in this in in this movie which one did you think was the best one Mike Mack or Dylan or Hawkins which one Probably, probably Dylan. That's what I was it's thinking. Like, I mean, he gets picked up. He, well, I'm saying he gets his arm shot off. Then he's still trying to go after the predator, and then he gets picked up. You know, with he, that badass thing. And you see his you know, arm on the ground. I love it because his arm falls off, and it still like has his finger on the trigger, and it's like shooting while the gun's on the ground. It's just like a cool, yeah, it's a cool scene. And it's like it just kind of sucks because right before that, like literally right before that, Mac dies, and it's just one of the things is like they see the predator and they know where it's at. I don't really understand how he wasn't, as he was going towards the predator, he wasn't trying to keep his eye on his, on the predator. Cause he knows as soon as he takes your eye off and it jumps away, if you're not keeping its eye on it, like it's going to blend in. You with mean where like, Mac like snuck down to try and yeah. find a better spot. Yeah. I don't understand how going upside down was going to give him a better shot at him either. 
Like I feel as if where he was when Dylan found him the first time is when he should have taken his shot. Like he was going to flush it to him, but I guess they didn't have a sniper rifle. So he's like, you go down there and I'll try and flush him to him. Trying to flush the predator to someone is not a very fucking smart idea. It's not a deer. I mean, also, they don't know what they're dealing with. That's true. That's That's true. That's the main thing. They really had no idea. Another question for you. Yeah. Sorry, I lined these all up. So, as I mentioned earlier, this was kind of Rocky versus E.T. This was around, after that, this movie around Hollywood was considered Alien in the Jungle. Which do you think is the better movie? Alien, the first one, or Predator? Predator. I mean, for me, it's going to be Predator. For me, it's Predator, but Alien's considered like the gold standard of sci-fi thriller movies. I mean, I think my my thing is it, it's Alien's a little slower. That's what makes it so good, though. Um, no, no, like, but, that's but, what it's considered for. And, and what well, it's saying, it's like, I'm not saying Alien is not a good movie at all. But it's also, I guess, the type of movie, like I go, I really like Alien. But another thing, too, is it like, Predator is, I just think, extremely, extremely rewatchable. Like, I can watch it. I can sit here and watch it right now, and I just watched it last week. Yeah. Twice last week. Because <laughs> <laughs> I watched it. I remember I was watching it the one time, and I sent you a text going, this movie's so fucking good. And then I watched it <laughs> yes, again later did. on. I watched it again, like, two days later. I was like, yeah, I want to watch it again. I don't care. So you want to get into the Predator franchise and the AVP um, I was. I was just going to make... Couple, couple more, just like things. I was just like, "What did you think of the MTV shirt that Blaine was wearing? Is that black MTV? Oh, I completely is, is missed that it. black MTV shirt? You know, the old MTV low, low old school going on. I, I completely missed all that. Black. I, I did not know. He gets that. off. He gets off the chopper with it, and then he's actually wearing it out in the woods too. Out in the jungle. Yeah, I completely missed that. I don't know how I, I must have. As I was watching, I was writing stuff down, so I might have had my head down and missed it. Missed it. I, I'm saying, you know, for me, like, the movie is just, you know, it's aged so it's aged so well. You know, it's like I like the movie better now than I did when I, when, you know, I was 15 years old. It is definitely aged really, really well. It still is really good. You know, and it's not like one of those – we did Masters of the Universe last time. That movie has aged horribly. Okay. This movie has aged really well. It's still good. Well, it's like when you look at it. As the people are getting killed, I'm like, God damn it. Why do they have to kill all these cool people off? Like, I was actually getting mad. Well, well that and it's like you're looking – to this day, it's, it's kind of like, for me, like Jurassic Park. Like, how good the, the dinosaurs looked in that. Like, the Predator looks yeah. good in this. this he looks day. tremendous. He looks good. In the, to... I had a Predator action figure, and he was like the coolest thing. And anytime the, – the way the Predator looked and moved and the costume and everything – was just so good and was so cool. Well, and we're we're talking about aliens. I like how in this movie too that you really don't get to see the predator until you know you have like they have like pretty much like three acts in these movies. You have like the little first act, then you have the little second act, and then you have the third act where it's like pretty much the final like where they're all getting killed pretty much right there is like the third act pretty much with Arnold's pretty much and him and the predator, and then you finally see the full predator. You wait kind of like an alien. You don't really see the alien until the very end. You don't right. see uh, what's here? Jaws. Jaws. Yes, exactly. Jaws. Exactly like that too. Yeah. Another movie that they 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 do really good job, not giving you enough. Like For- they they give you a little taste, you know, like of the predator, where like he kind of like blinks real quick in and out. Maybe of like his camouflage. I guess there's a book too that just made me think about it, 
and th- what's different about it that is that is that the predator I guess couldn't get camouflaged, but he could like shape shift into different like animals and stuff like that. Mm, I like the camouflage. Yeah, I like more. the camouflage much. I don't think much. I would like the shape shifting thing. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's just it's uh it's a foreplay that you don't see much in movies anymore. I, I do have one more question for you before we – well, what other stuff do you have? Because I have one thing that I want you to clarify that you, you might know, and I, I missed this part. Um, nothing. Go ahead. When they set the trap, and then there's nothing moving, nothing moving. So Dutch walks out into the middle, and suddenly the net gets tripped. How does it get tripped? There must be, like, a trip that we didn't see. Yeah, like – because he's not there he he's in the tree and he shoots at them after it gets tripped but i didn't see how it gets tripped and it looks like something gets caught in you know he, he shoots it, at them when he's inside does he shoot them from the net yes and that's how he gets out of the net oh okay because yeah. that's what i was kind of confused by it's like the net gets tripped like arnold walks out the net gets tripped behind that's him. why they're all just staring and then suddenly he's like and then he's like for then but he by the time he shoots at them he's like way away again so i I just kind of missed that part uh, they, I, I, my eyes didn't see yeah they're just staring at the net and they're like there's nothing inside because it there's pulls net. up all the leaves too yeah that's um that I, I was just i said michael know that he can he can give me he can kind of give me the rundown of what it I've, actually is i've i've seen it a few times I, I i figured as much so we have anna there throughout this whole time who's a gorilla and Arnold tells her to go. This is the chopper. And she listens to him and goes to the chopper. Well, if she goes with him, like she's captured pretty much. She's a gorilla, so they're probably gonna. She's probably like in I, Guantanamo Bay or something. Yeah, but I think she figured that if she didn't, the thing would have hunted her down and killed her. Although Arnold said it's don't pick up the gun; it's hunting for sport. So I don't know. You're you're right. That's a little bit. Should we move into? I know it's a movie, but maybe maybe she's got a little thing, got a little Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> she's like, oh hey, you're big and muscular, and Austrian. Yeah, but yeah, I will. I'll do. I'll do some. I know it's a movie, but I don't have a. Well, time, let's but... do AVP. Let's do the Predator franchise first. Then we'll. Move oh, on. oh 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 okay. Okay. Let's do that. So, you have seen all of the Predator movies, correct? Yes. I've seen all of the strictly, the all the Predator movies strictly. I'll tell you right now, Ed, I watched Predator 2. I watched Predator. I, I saw it when I was like... No, I'm, I'm saying I watched them before we did this podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> just to get a, fre- just get a freshie since I had the three-disc combo on Blu-ray. Which you, which you bought me. Yes, Thank you welcome. very much, Mike. I, when you told me you didn't have a copy of Predator, I was like, I will not do this podcast with somebody if they do not own a copy of Predator. <laughs> well, we've been streaming everything. But, yes, I have seen all of them. Give me a good, bad, meaty um, in-between on each one, then. Predator 2. Good. It's obviously, you know, it's like, I I think, you know, it's one of those things people expect Predator out of Predator 2. Obviously, you don't have Arnold. You have Danny Glover, who I think does an all right job. I think it's it's kind of interesting to take the Predator into a city. I don't really understand that but i think it does a good job explaining because in the first one you know, the predator is just killing these people and you don't know why it's killing these people yes 
In the second one, you see him killing these people, and you see him taking their skulls and, like, shining them and putting them on a, in a trophy case, knowing that he's taking trophies. This predator is right. You do trophies. see, like, one section of that. So it um, explains I, that a little bit to you. Alien versus Predator. Um, I have seen this one. And you find out that the Predator's job is to control the aliens. Well, actually, it's another sport thing. That every so many years, they come down to try and control how many aliens come out. So, and then they try to kill them or whatever, you know. And it's kind of like, oh, it's more of a sport because the aliens are a more equal opponent than humans are to them. But the fact that the humans found it and started it up earlier than it was supposed to, now the humans are there and they're creating more and more aliens. It's making it more, it's making it harder for the predators to win this fight. And that's why like the predator teams up with the chick. Okay. And then aliens versus predator requiem. Terrible. Worst one probably in the entire thing. It's pretty bad where you got it the Predalien and yeah. It's it's pretty like if I had to if I had to I, we'll we'll finish it and then I can give you yeah. my quick my quick ranking of all of them. Okay, so that's Pre- Alien vs Predators two thousand four, Alien vs Predator Requiem's two thousand seven, Predators in twenty ten. It's a it's a decent movie. Okay, I'd yeah it's it's good. And then two thousand eighteen's The Predator that just came out. I don't know what six months ago. Disappointment. Okay. That's what I'll say there. So, all right. So obviously the original Predator is going to sit numero uno. Where yeah. would you put the rest then? I I would I want to put Predators probably number two with Adrian Brody, which frustrates me because I don't think Adrian. The truth is I don't think Adrian Brody did a bad job. He's not an action star, but I think he did a pretty good job for who who he is. Then I probably would put. Predator 2 just behind it. Like, just barely behind it. Okay. And then I probably would put AVP. Then I would put The Predators, the newest one. And then I would put AVP Requiem at the very bottom. Okay. All right. Fair enough. If I had to rank them all. So if you guys are going to watch them, watch them in that order. (laughs) Just mess you up really bad. (laughs) Watch them from the bottom to the top, so it gets better for you. <laughs> yeah, it gets better over time. You'll be super confused, but it'll be fun. Exactly. So now let's move on. So I know it's a movie, but I- I'm gonna I'm gonna start with this, which is you have to let a lot go because it's a bizarre sci-fi type movie and it's a goofy action movie from the '80s. But where do we start, Mike? Well, so when they're shooting off all those rounds, just yeah. absurdly into it's like obviously you're just wasting tons of ammo. I don't understand why the other people, when the other guy's Gatling gun, he's just like spraying it everywhere. Why the other guys need to unload their guns? I don't understand that. But the most important thing is that we blatantly see a giant leaf covered in glowing blood, and he sends the tracker and Poncho out there to see if they can find anything. And he comes back, and they say he goes. They said they did not hit. They didn't hit anything. Not even a drop of blood. But then this random chick walks over who's, like, bound to being watched by these guys as a prisoner and finds it without a problem. Yeah. And then wipes it on her leg. Yeah. And doesn't say anything to anybody. Yeah. Like, you you would think if you're seeing all these people getting taken out by something and you saw the other guy, you'd be giving these guys as much info as possible if you want to survive. Yeah. And then 
the uh, if it bleeds, we can kill it thing later. That you're right. That should have come up like ten minutes earlier. But and I mean, I, I've seen MythBusters. I know for a fact that the whole mud thing with Arnold doesn't work. Right. It you it, the you heat up the mud over time. So yeah, you, you heat up the mud. Like it it would last like like three minutes, and then you'd be seen. Like I, you know, as soon as the blood warm, as soon as the mud warmed up. Yeah. Um, Plus, you probably other, see the heat on his eyes. My my other thing, why did Dylan have to lie? I not not Dylan. I'm just saying in general, in the movie, the whole plot. Why did they have to lie to get them to go? Couldn't they have just actually been sent there on a rescue mission? Did they really need to be thrown into meat grinder? I guess because like you heard him say, you made up a story because they thought it was the only way they would have got him there. Because they, they would have well, said well, we need to stop this invasion into another thing. I, I don't no, know no, if, no. if his group what, would have showed what, up. What I'm saying is, I'm writing this movie. You're writing this movie. Why did we write it that that they're being lied to? Why can they return it up being like, all right, we're going to have these guys go in and do a rescue mission? I think that's to make it that they probably shouldn't have been there in the first place, and then they ended up getting killed, just to make it a little bit more painful. Maybe that's why. Like, they got lied to and got put there, and then they ended up getting killed all. That's the only thing they, I can come up with. That, that and that is like the only other thing I can think of is that it's like you want us to like Dylan, then not like Dylan, then kind of like him at the end a little bit when he dies. You know, like, yeah, try to yeah I can see that because he tries to to buddy up with them when it's. But, but you know, right in the movie, you could have just easily just been like, all right, we got these guys because they're the best. They're going to save these guys. You know, boom, boom. We got to find hey. this camp. Hey, the reason a... why we're sending you because you're the best and we've already sent a group in and we can't reach them. You know, yeah, they could so have done the whole thing. They could have still sent them. I just said, I go, just, I was just kind of just thinking, I was like, they didn't really need to lie to them about it. I'm glad they no, didn't, they... like, pull, like, up Aliens 2 and tell them, hey, we have to, you guys got to go in there. And then when they're actually trying to, like, capture this alien, kind of like even in Predator 2. Fair enough. All I have is Dutch showed compassion for the Predator, and that was a huge mistake. But an ex- is the explosion supposed to be a nuclear bomb? I, you know, I don't really know. I know it's Because big... the explosion would have probably killed Dutch. I don't think he could have gotten far enough away. And if it didn't kill him right then, he probably would have died of radiation poisoning like a week later. If he was as close as it seems as he was. Because I don't think he could have run very far. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I go. I don't know the type of bomb it was supposed to be. Okay, well, that always confused me at the end. But let's take a quick break with a word from our sponsor before we get to our next segment. So, some internet facts about this: Dutch's line "Get to the chopper," as we discussed, is personal favorite catchphrase of all his movies that he's appeared in, even more than "Hasta la vista" and "I'll be back." So. There, you were talking about the chopper thing. Maybe that, that's part of it, too. Jesse Ventura was di- delighted to find out from the wardrobe department that his arms were one inch bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger's. He suggested to Schwarzenegger that they measure arms with the winner getting a bottle of champagne. Ventura lost because Schwarzenegger told the wardrobe department to tell Ventura that his arms were bigger. So he baited him. Yep, a little bait. Uh, we already talked about Van Damme. Go away, bait. I need that one. part of the shoot was 48 hours before Arnold Schwarzenegger's wedding rehearsal dinner and Ventura teased him about his nuptials often ruining some of the takes they had 
John McTiernan was mad. Schwarzenegger missed the final preparation, and his ex-wife, Maria Shriver, was not happy about that because his mind was more on the film instead of in the wedding. And we all know how that one worked out. So. <laughs> Oops. Uh, an interesting one. The mandibles of the Predator were the idea of James Cameron. He recommended it while sitting next to the designer who was drawing the stuff up on a flight and said he always wanted to see uh, that kind of he wanted mouth. to see mandibles. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think the um, – I did read about that somewhere. Uh, what's the guy's name? I don't remember, but I think I think Arnold recommended him after working with him on the Terminator, I think. I think I saw that. Uh, another one, Bill Duke improvised all the shaving stuff he did, which was kind of funny. I don't know why he did it, but it was funny. And the original plot had Dutch Schaefer, which Dutch Schaefer was supposed to be his last name, had Dutch Schaefer pitted against the Predator alone. Arnold thought it was a bad idea, and the script was rewritten to include a crack team of people to get killed. And I'm sorry, I did have one more, but I, I might need you to validate this. Supposedly, the Predator only has eight minutes of screen time, but I wonder if they mean eight minutes of him out of the suit, or out of the camo, and only in the suit. Probably. Because I feel like he's in it, yeah, I feel like he's in it in the camo a lot more than that. So, all right, that's all the ones I had. Do you have stuff about them getting sick? Because um, I forgot to write that down. No, but I got a little bit. Of, but to, just to piggyback on that, um, it was Stan Winston who was sketching the Predator, and he was sitting there. Right? There we go. He always wanted to see a monster with mandibles, so he added the oral appendages in the final drawing to update the Predator. I think that's I think that's kind of the signature of the thing, oh, other yeah. than the, the dreadlocks. Um, I know they had to t- – because – they don't have enough money, and they only could shoot like two thirds of the movie until they could get some money. And I guess that's like a blessing in disguise. A lot of you know directors and stuff like that like that because it gives them a chance to kind of edit that first bit, and they can like watch it and kind of see if they need to do some reshoots or anything like that when they do it. So I know that's what happened in this movie. They did some like reshoots and stuff like that. He said we talked about that, but oh, yeah, they, uh, the film was shot entirely on location in Mexico. Yeah, it was somewhere. It's actually, I feel like they the, said the fictional jungle of Valverde are actually locations in Porto Valtarta, and <laughs> I'm not even gonna try to say it because I'm gonna mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Palenque or something like that, Mexico. It's um, because the Mexican dung, dung, jungle is like they had to add fake leaves to be added to the trees in order to make the jungle seem more lush and inescapable gotcha the movie was also titled um hunter instead of predator yeah i don't think that would have gone as well oh yeah um the blood was originally supposed to be orange and i guess it didn't come out very well so they changed it and i guess the blood was glow sticks and ky jelly is what i heard which means you know if the predator needs a little extra just gotta cut himself if you know what i'm saying uh, for the record it's it's part it's part of Ayarta. Is the name of the city, and it's in Guadalajara. I think that's what you were looking for. Yeah, it was like that's not what mine says, but I do have the the state of the state of Jalisco. I think is the name of it. I believe that's what it is. So, anyways, keep going. No, but other than that, um, you know, my last little thing I guess I'll say about the movie is, boy, the Predator has really poor sportsmanship. 
you know, he talks about, you know, wants to get these trophies and kill these people, kills all these people and wants to fight Arnold, you know, like one-on-one, like a man, and then he loses. Then he sets a bomb off to kill him. Yeah, that's... Sore um, loser. Yeah, he, <laughs> he does. He is a sore loser. He's an asshole. Yeah, what a dick. <laughs> so, we know there's been sequels made. We know everybody's dead, so we're not going to do a Where Are They Now? Because Arnold probably died two weeks later from radiation poisoning. That girl's probably in Guantanamo Bay, like mm-hmm. Mike said. But... If they, let's just pretend that the predator didn't didn't happen a couple six months ago, and they tried to actually like remake the predator today. Not that we want them to, but if we did, Mike and I kind of wrote down at least six of the characters and who we would ha- like to see play them. So let's go one at a time. Mike, you take the lead, and I'll follow. All right. I guess the first one we're gonna pick is uh, is we'll do, you know, we'll do Dutch. Okay. And I picked uh, I picked uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That's a good that's just, a good one just, there. I actually picked just seems like, you know, who's like the biggest star, someone who can be that I was just trying to think of someone who'd be that massive and I think that he'd be awesome in that role. Yeah. I picked uh our our uh hometown hero Joe Manganello. Uh he's a big I, dude too, but I think the Rock would be a better player. I I had him written down actually. But then I thought I picked a different, per- a better person for somebody else. Uh, Dylan, I picked. Uh, I picked two people. I said since The Rock, I was like, you know, you don't necessarily have to pick the same ethnicity for all these people. I see. I feel like I tend. I to, did just to go I, with I, it, but I, go I, ahead, I tend. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to do the same thing because um, The Rock is not Austrian or white. You know, he's. Yeah. No, he's not. But I think he, he might be the the best for that role actually right now for his, for the prowess. But I think that, uh, you could do a Terry crew. If you want to pick someone who's big, you just got to have him dressed like, cause he, he's really good at being funny, but I think he could also be serious when need be. But I also said, if you wanted to keep it, you could do like a Hugh Jackman. Cause my Dylan is Wesley Snipes. Does Dylan, and I kind of like, does Dylan drop F bombs? No, but I feel like, um, I don't know. I just don't, Maybe I just don't feel like them being as hard ashes as maybe the the original group was. That's all. Maybe Blaine's just the only one that drops I mean, f bombs. I think Mac does too, right? The the Rock drops the f bomb all the time on social media. <laughs> oh, he does. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. well then, all right. I didn't know. He usually plays like the nice guy and everything. Like he's a fighter, but he always seems like he doesn't want to fight anybody. He he's the uh, Jackie Chan of of today. Doesn't want any trouble, but always finds it. Uh, I don't know. In like all those Fast and the Furious, he's like pretty much like looking to oh. fuck people up. Oh. I feel like I don't. I don't I he's supposed those, he's so. supposed to be like a cop, but like he, it's pretty much what he's going to be known for. Pretty much, probably, and it all comes down to it. Okay. Um, who do you got down? Oh well, yeah, for... they have the, they have that one coming out this summer too. Who so. do you? All who, right, next. Who do you have for Mac? I have I actually one with Travante Rhodes, and he's in the new Predator movie. He is, but he's in Twelve Strong, and he's pretty good in that. So I figured he was someone that could play that. If you look him up, you'll you'll see who I'm talking about. But oh. he's in the new the in the Predator. So again, we're acting like that movie doesn't exist. He's 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 in um he's the guy that like jumps into like the plane's like engine, right? 
I'll 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 take you to your word. I've never seen the new Predator movie. Oh, you haven't? Okay. I didn't. No, you I, I told didn't. me not to, so I I avoided oh, it. I thought since you were mentioning someone from the new Predator movie, <laughs> you would know who it was. I just happened. Oh. To, I looked him up because he was in Twelve Strong, and Twelve Strong, he's good, and it's a good movie. And then um, I saw that he's in it anyway, so I'm like, oh, I, will, I will let you. I will tell you the movies this person is. You will know who it is, and you will be able to pronounce his name for me. Gladiator. Okay. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, um, starts with a D. D I J M O N. Was it yeah, probably D J I M O N? It's probably like Gmon or Gmon. Gmon Hun Hansun or something like that. Hansu, yeah. Jimon Hansu, yeah, he'd be good. Say him. I said somebody else too that I was like, because I really put him slash Terry Crew. I was like, if we didn't want to use Terry Crew for Dylan, I think that he could just have a crazy. Yeah, I actually looked at Terry Crews for that too. And I was, my thought was, how lighthearted do we want to make this movie versus how hard mm-hmm. do we want to make this movie? That, that was kind of what it I, came I, down I, to. I think we just see Terry. That's the problem is that you see Terry Crew in all these roles. And they yeah. never get a chance to try a different role, but I think that he could do a good job in that role if it came down to Probably. it. Probably. He's a pretty talented yeah. guy. But yeah. How about Blaine? You want to go first or second? I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll, I'll t- tell you the two I picked. I originally picked your boy Joe. Okay. Actually, I thought maybe he could do that. I go. And then I actually, I was like, maybe, I thought maybe Dave Batista. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a different wrestler. I think Stone Cold. Oh damn! I like Steve Austin. That is, that, is, that is a good one. I like that one. Yeah, that that I I think that's the winner on that one. Maybe I thought he was um, too old or something because I did actually look over his his face for something. Maybe I thought he was too. Yeah, old. he uh, is a little older, but I, Jesse Ventura is probably the same age when when this was uh, made. I doubt that. He looked pretty old at that point, but yeah, that's the problem is that we always end up on slightly older actors somewhere in yeah. the forties, but. So is The Rock, and uh, Wesley Snipes is older, and uh, Hugh Jackman's older. <laughs> no, yeah. So we keep kind of going down that road. I mean, I mean, but if I, this I, is a unit like this, then it, they're all oh, they're all going to be around the same age. I'm, they might just be a long-standing unit. Like I said, ago, I'm I'm sure Arnold was around forty when this came out. You know, at least in his thirties, for sure. Because now he's older than my dad, and. My dad would have been in his probably mid to late thirties at this point. Oh yeah, because let's see, my dad is third was thirty when I was born, so he would have been thirty four, and your dad's a little older than my dad, so there you go. Yeah, he would have been in his late thirties. Yeah. So we're not far off on that. Yeah. All right. the The last two dudes are tag alongs, I guess. Or do you well, have one for Billy too? I do. His name's Martin Sensmeyer. Uh, he was in uh, the Magnificent Seven. He's been in Westworld. He's been in Wind River. If you look at, look him up and you look him up in Magnificent Seven, you, when you just you look at him, you go, "Oh yeah." Yeah, he looks like Rufio. Yeah, he kind of looks a mixture of he looks, Rufio. he looks like a mixture of Rufio and fucking Billy. You know, like he yeah. He looks, if Ru- if Rufio grew up to be a psychopath, that that's the he, Magnificent Seven. He, and, but he's also somebody I put that Jason Momoa. I put Slash maybe if you wanted somebody like that, you could toss him in. No, I, I like uh, – let's keep him. Because I even considered him for, for Blaine. But I was like, I was like, eh, Is that no, the one with really. Chris Pratt? Yeah, I've seen yeah. this movie. Magnificent Seven. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, 
Yeah, but our two tagalongs, we got Poncho and Hawkins. I put John Berth- Bernthal and Jeremy Renner. John Bernthal, I like. I end up with uh, John Cena for Poncho because he could tell dirty jokes. And then I picked Dominic Purcell, the guy from um, Hawkins tells the dirty prison joke. break. Oh, I had it backwards. Never mind. Okay. So Dominic Purcell for Poncho and John Cena for Hawkins. Dominic Purcell is the guy from Prison Break. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's kind of got a hard face on him. Yeah. Okay. I think really any combination of those, but I'm going to pigeonhole Steve Austin for no, Blaine. I, 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 <laughs> I agree. I like I like the Steve Austin for Blaine. Um, but the rest I, all, and I, any one of those probably would work. I, I threw in a, the chick just literally right now. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about how you picked somebody from The Predators. So I'm back to Predators. The chick from Predators, I think her name's like Alice Braga. And look her up. she's like the sniper in that movie in Predators with Adrian Brody. And she just has that look. I was like, she could probably totally pull that off. Yeah, I could see it. I'm looking at her now. Why not? She's got a little Michelle Rodriguez in her. Yeah. Yes, she does. She's kind of has the, she kind of looks a little bit like her. All right. So. Remember to look us up on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Worth the Watch PC. Email us Worth the Watch Podcast at gmail dot com. Mike, our Instagram. Uh, same thing. It's Worth the Watch PC, but then instead of spaces in between, it's just underscores between each one. Uh, our next movie. How do I how do I put this way? It's one of my one of my favorite movies ever. Might be. To me, the best sports movie ever, but it's it's a boxing movie. I'll just say that much about it. We'll we'll see uh, we'll see where you stand on it, Mike. But to me, it's it's about as good as it gets. I haven't. I, I know which movie you're talking about, and then, I'm not gonna lie. I like I've seen it, but it's been a really long time since I've seen it. Well, it's one of those ones that it's a little long, so um, you're gonna have to set aside a little time. But it's a tremendous movie. Tremendous movie. All right, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Get to the chopper. You're one ugly motherfucker, Ed.